Hey everyone, this is the first part of a special two-part episode of A Very Fatal Murder. Warning up top, part one is pretty fucking poignant. So if there are any listeners out there who aren't ready to have their breath taken away over how stunning this piece of narrative journalism is, please skip ahead to part two. What's your emergency? It's a full moon, you fucking idiots. We're fucked. Horrible. Just horrible. I'd keep an eye on Callaway if I were you. I gotta arrest that motherfucker. What do you mean Haley's dead? Oh my god, you didn't know? From The Onion and Onion Public Radio, I'm David Pascal, and this is a very fatal murder. This is the Bluff Springs Police Department. Front desk. This is the Bluff Springs Police Department. It's been 10 years since Haley's murder, and it's hard to make a list of people who should have solved this case without including the police. Yes, I'll connect you to his desk now. You've reached Chief of Police David Pascal. Leave a message. And that's me. A lot has changed since the last episode. It's 2018 now, a decade since I moved to Bluff Springs to make Haley Price's unsolved murder the centerpiece of a podcast that would change the landscape of journalism in the digital age. Now I'm no longer just a guest in Bluff Springs. I'm the one who keeps Bluff Springs safe. I'm the chief of police. That sound you keep hearing? Yeah, that's me, spinning the little circle part of my gun. When I first came here, I thought I would just be a fly on the wall, a selfless messenger who could make their simple, futile customs and ways of life meaningful through my prose and perfect, soothing radio voice. Maybe I'd even solve a murder or two. But the longer I was here, the more I realized I couldn't escape an undeniable truth. These people needed me. And maybe I needed them, too. But they definitely needed me more. There was no way Haley's murder was getting solved without an experienced crime hunter like myself leading the chase. I had the gumption, brains, and audio recording equipment needed to solve this case. Without me, Haley's murderer would walk free. And not only would her family be broken forever, so would this town. So I joined the force and climbed the ranks pretty quickly. Thanks to some hard work and political pressures, OPR was nice enough to lord over the area's congressional representatives. And when I got promoted to chief... It is my honor to introduce to you the new chief of police, David Carroll Pascal. The timing couldn't have been more perfect because my wife Catherine was due with our youngest. Now she's turning four and our oldest, Haley, is in first grade. This episode of A Very Fatal Murder is brought to you by Pizza Fresh, the on-demand pizza app. It's the easy, simple way to get a pizza delivered directly to your door. Just download the app, pick out your pizza from a wide variety of options, and a hot, fresh pizza will arrive at your door in just two days. It's so easy. Head to the app store and try out Pizza Fresh today. Oh man, I can't believe he's really gonna do it. This is nuts, you're nuts, man! That voice belongs to Dylan, one of Haley's friends. No, I should stop saying that. One of my friends. He's talking about Brian. This is epic. He is doing it, man, he's really doing it. This audio is hard for me to listen to. Brian died a few years ago, trying to clear the Callaway turbine in his Durango. This is the moment it happened. This just proves that Brian is the sickest. <laughs> yup. That's Skiff, Brian's friend. Everyone in town knows Skiff. He's like the town's lovable but idiot dog who you'd let curl up at your feet even though he's covered in his own shit. Anyway, Brian didn't make it over the turbine. The ramp he built out of some of his grandmother's old roof shingles didn't give him quite enough air. Brian thought he could do it. Hell, I even thought he could do it. You could even say I was the one who insisted that he try. But no, he crashed into the base of the turbine. <laughs> Oh my god! Brandon! Brandon, are you okay? Oh no, no, he's bleeding everywhere! Someone help me! 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 Help me
fucking hell! David, you're a cop! Do something! Call someone! Don't just stand there recording us! That's Giff again. Man, that guy's fucking funny. Brian's death hit us all pretty hard, and once again, tragedy had struck Bluff Springs. But maybe that's just what living in small-town America does to the young and beautiful. Icarus flew too close to the sun. Brian didn't fly close enough. But one thing hasn't changed since the last episode. Haley Price is still incredibly dead. How is it that 10 years have passed and this investigation has gotten nowhere? When I was in high school, I used to be in all the musicals, Les Mis, Little Shop, Music Man. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I was that rare kind of kid who felt just as comfortable on a stage as I did on the soccer field or in a student government meeting. Didn't like to sing or dance, but I was a really great actor, so I always got a big non-singing part. Anyways, we used to do these warm-ups as a cast and rehearsals to help us get loose, passing a silly noise around a circle, zip-zap-zop, that sort of thing. These exercises got us on the same page. But lately I've realized that an unsolved murder is a lot like a high school theater warm-up game. There's a lot of finger-pointing. Ask anyone in Bluff Springs why Haley's death is a cold case and you'll get a different response. You've got witnesses who keep changing their stories, people tampering with evidence. It's the murderer's fault it's not solved yet. Did too good a job. Honestly, Dave, I feel like you're to blame for a lot of the shit that- It can get exhausting to hear, but who really is at fault? Could the murderer have done more while he or she was murdering Haley to alert authorities as to their identity? And what about Haley's parents? Have they spent too much time grieving and attempting to move on with their lives and not enough time pounding the pavement for clues? And in the midst of all of this, where is HBO? They've never once made an offer to turn this into a bingeable documentary miniseries. So you could make the argument that they're to blame in a lot of ways, right? But as the fingers point, they often point in one direction, towards the Bluff Springs Police Department. Cops should have solved this case years ago. What's stopping them? I don't trust the cops. Yeah, there's so many cops on my force that should be in jail themselves, actually. And so I started to wonder, could my police department have done more to solve Haley's murder? What's going on in my office? As police chief, do I know more than I'm letting on? I decided to listen back to a press conference that I gave on the 10-year anniversary of Haley's death. This is still an open investigation, and I can't speak more to that at the moment. We have no new information to share at this time. Really? No new information? How is that possible? What am I hiding? Or did I miss something? I had no choice but to go back to the beginning. I paid a visit to the evidence locker. I like to visit the evidence locker. That's off limits to the public, sir. You're gonna need special permission. Stonewalled, this wasn't going to be easy. I'm the chief of police? Oh, of course. Go right in, chief. Sorry, <laughs> long day. As I entered the locker, I felt conflicted. As chief of police, I was not thrilled about a podcast getting in the way of my investigation, about a reporter digging around for dirt. But as a journalist, I just had to keep searching, no matter what the cops thought. <sighs> so much stuff in here. It took me a full day to get through all the evidence. It was like a tour through Haley's last days. Oh, wow. Is this blood? Gross. Uh, I can probably throw this out. Cool, cool, boring, cool. What's this? Hmm, might still be good. Mmm, mmm, oh my god, it's amazing. Oh, the locker was full of dust, which made me wonder at first if anybody had been down here in years until I realized it was dust that Haley had been carrying in her purse the day she died. It was part of the evidence. But then, just when I thought I'd wasted the afternoon of my daughter's birthday and there was nothing new to be seen, I saw it. The smoking gun. 
evidence marker 2301. This wasn't marked on any of our logs. I had never seen it before. A note addressed to Haley on Callaway Stationery. This was huge. To H, when you are gone, I'll miss you. Goodbye for good, my beautiful friend. Signed, W-O. Signed, W-O. Now is probably as good a time as ever to mention that since the beginning of this case, there has been a rumor about a note like this. A note that W.O. Calloway, the mysterious, elusive businessman himself, apparently left for Haley in her locker at school the day she died. Oh, have you heard about the note from that rich guy, Calloway? I've never read it, but that's the key to all this. She was close with him. Maybe a little too close. But I never believed the rumors were true. And I never mentioned it on the podcast because it just didn't jive with the story arc I had meticulously outlined on my whiteboard. But now, I was holding it in my hand. And the rush was incredible. Jesus, I'm such a good fucking cop. Haley used to walk dogs for W.O. Calloway, and I always knew that he would be the key to solving this thing, but I never had enough evidence to nail him. Now, I finally did. It was time to confront the town billionaire. On a special part two of Did My Police Department Miss Something, 